Hey, welcome to The Weekly. This is Thomas Milburn. I am joined in the booth today with my co-host, Pastor Jay Ewing. This is The Weekly, where we connect what happened over the weekend in our services to your real life lived Monday through Friday. So good to be with you, Thomas. Oh man, Jay, it's a great Tuesday. There's no snow this week. Football is back? Apparently, I have no idea. (laughs) Since the Buffs aren't playing, there's really no reason to have a national championship. Ooh, the truth has spoken. Maybe their game plan is actually to wait out the whole season and at the very end to say, we're undefeated. Totally. Anyway, we have a great show today. Uh, We have Pastor Tom Shirk joining us. Tom taught on uh, Acts chapter 8 on Sunday. And so our home groups were gathered around Acts chapter 8, talking about Philip with the Ethiopian coming to faith and seeing the gospel start start crossing um, the tracks, kind of going to those ends of the earth places that God had called his disciples to take the message. So it's great. Jay, how was your home group? Man, my home group was a blast. A little squirrely at times because we have a bunch of kiddos under two in our midst, but um, it was a great weekend. We had a great weekend. What about you? What about your home group? My home group was good. This first one went really well. Uh, we gathered on Sunday morning, had some food in the house, so that helped. Yeah, that did help. And the way we did it, I know um, you can share how maybe you guys did it with kids too. We actually ate first, and then we had all the kids and adults start watching the service together, and we sang all the worship together and then paused right before the message started, and the kids went downstairs to the basement and did the Kids Quest videos, which was really cool. And then we came back up for the closing of with worship and our discussion. That's really cool. We did Kids Quest first, which, by the way, those Kids Quest videos are pretty amazing. It's a long way from the felt board days of Sunday school hour, right? Yes. Yeah. So we did that. We did brunch afterwards, which who eats brunch at church all the time, except those who claim a donut's brunch. But we had brunch, and then we sat down and watched the message all together. Just had a great Sunday morning. It was really good. I, mean, I really appreciated our our, uh, our group praying together and asking God to kind of open our eyes and our ears to hear and see the things that God had for us. And it felt like we were in the congregational church service. Oh, definitely. And I was at the front door welcoming everyone to Calvary for the morning, which was sort of fun. You were on the greeting team? Oh, I was on the greeting team. Many hats at home, home group. <laughs> nice. So, okay, just real quick before we jump in with Pastor Tom. Um, if I'm not in a home group or not connected, either in person or online, uh, how do I do that? Yeah, you can go to calvarybible.com slash at home, and there's a form right there you can fill out. Let us know you're interested. We'll, we'll reach out to you no matter where you live or what campus you're on. We have online, on sorry, online and yeah. in-person home groups make making it happen this fall. So just jump there. Let us know you want to be connected, and we'll make sure it happens. All right, that sounds good. That's that's one of our calls is to be connected as the church, not to give up meeting. Um, we want to encourage one another and spur each other on. So whether you're doing that in person or virtually, we want you to be connected here at Calvary this fall. And so we're really excited to be having church at home just for a little while until the next season comes. I know. If you're not in the 1,000 people at Calvary connected in a home home group, you need to get connected. Wait, hold on. How many people did you just say? A thousand, over a thousand people at Calvary have been connected. There are over a thousand people connected this weekend? In home groups, yes. In home groups. In home groups. Wow. I know. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. I know. All right. Exciting times. We have Pastor Tom with us. Pastor Tom, how are you doing today, Tuesday? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. 
And I had my home group this weekend. I am in a different stage than you guys, <laughs> old enough to be your father almost. And uh, so we had no kids in my home group. And we sort of got together and said, why don't we do Saturday night? We're not doing anything Saturday night. So we actually had church Saturday night at our house. And uh, like you, we had a little light, easy, no pressure dinner be- ahead of time, a little soup and salad, and uh, had a great time together for a meal, and then saw church together. How crazy was it to watch yourself preach amidst all these friends on Saturday night? It's just a terrible feeling to watch yourself (laughs) preach, and you're sitting in the room, and they're all watching too. They're all very polite, you know, and uh, I think a couple said amen a time or two, but it's, it's different to watch yourself, but, you know, we were with friends, and, um, you know, one of the things about our group uh, it's first time together, obviously, but we are really trying to keep open chairs around the room, and um, it's amazing what happened um, in our group. We are all thinking of other people that we want to invite to be a part of it, and we'll probably max out the house soon. But one of the things that was happening in my neighborhood Saturday night was there's a group email of neighbors, and somebody said, hey, let's have a little fire pit gathering in our backyard across the street. And, uh, you know, they do that from time to time, have a little Saturday night happy hour together around the fire pit. And we usually go and hang out with them and meet our neighbors. And Lucy just shot a note back to them all and said, well, hey, listen, we're having church at our house Sunday night. We put our sign out front. And uh, so if you want some spiritual encouragement, you come over to the Shirks and go to church with us. And, you know, one of the ladies said, I really wanted to come to your house instead of go to the fire pit. And uh, Lucy had a great conversation with her, gave her the link, and she went home and watched it the next day. Loved seeing church, said, I love this church online. Uh, When are you going to meet again? So we're hoping she's going to join us in the weeks ahead. You know, one of the things that I've always been encouraged by you, Tom, is your connection with your neighbors. I've seen over the summer, I'm not sure whose Instagram account it was, but all the neighbors huddled up on your driveway around that fire pit, you know them by name. And so that invitation isn't just out of left field. Like they know who you are and they know that you have a welcoming home. And I wonder if that contributes to their reception of that offer. I hope so. I think we re- we are close with a lot of our neighbors and uh, really love them. And they know what we're about. They know what we're interested in. In fact, I have one neighbor who's, you know, really been after me to talk politics. And we go out from time to time. He wants to tell me his side. He wants to know where I stand, wants to talk about all that stuff. And invariably, it comes back to spiritual matters. And, um, yeah, we're looking for a lot of open doors with our neighbors. Yeah, it makes me think of the text that you were actually teaching on Sunday. Uh, Our group was huddled around uh, Acts chapter 8 as well, where we have this encounter where the gospel is coming through Philip, one of those set aside for the church leadership, who's going to an Ethiopian and someone who has high standing in the governing officials of uh, the queen's court and how he's able to take kind of what he knows and naturally connect it with a person who's a question asker and bring that whole conversation to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. What, what were some of the things that were in your head as you were prepping this message around Philip and the Ethiopian? Well... One of the most important things about Philip, um, obviously he was in step with the Holy Spirit, and we mentioned that. So so God really impressed on him to do something very specific. That doesn't always happen for us, 
But I think we are all, as many are the, as are the sons of God, are led by God. So we, we anticipate that the Holy Spirit's going to lead us. Um, obviously, one of the things Philip had to do was he had to have enough margin in his life that he could respond to the prompting. Um, he, he was sort of compelled in our scenarios. When we have a sense that God is leading us to do something, we may have to not do what we were planning to do and sort of be willing to do the detour. Um, one of the other things I did on Sunday morning was to visit another home group. And uh, one of the gals shared there, she said, I sometimes have to just put my to-do list aside so I can be open to what God wants me to do that day. And I don't like to do that. I, I like my list. And we often get in our routine, we got everything figured out what we're going to do today, and we click it off. And having margin in your life to have space to respond to what God might be doing is a really important way to respond like Philip did. Yeah, it does look like Philip had to put his to-do list aside when the angel of the Lord came to him, right? <laughs> yeah. A little bit indisputable. It's like, okay, I'll yeah. do that. You can't say, wait, wait, I got to go yeah, fold some laundry real quick. And, you know, you know, Jay, we talk about this a lot, about having that margin in your life and how we as Americans try to schedule every moment. And right. even the overscheduling of our days keeps us from having conversations with others, as well as it keeps us from having conversations that God wants to have with us spiritually. What, what are some of the ways that you and Kristen have created margin, not only in this season with COVID, but before COVID, that we could learn from, very practically speaking, so that we could be like Philip and be ready? Yeah, I don't know if you're like us but we have to get ahead of our calendar so before a season even starts we're sitting down and say what are the days what are the time frames that we will be home and we'll we'll be available to hang out with either the family or our neighbors or be around our neighborhood at least and so getting ahead of your schedule the calendar so in seasons that means that we get really busy and all of a sudden we're like okay we got to get ahead of this so we pause for just a few minutes and schedule ahead of our calendar of our commitments and say, these are the times we won't do it. And then evaluating what is really important to our family. And that happens usually when we get away on our little couples weekends, you know, we have grandparents, um, friends that watch our kids. This is a blessing to us. And in those moments we ask the question, okay, what do we want next in this next season? What do we really think we've failed as parents in this previous season so we can get ahead of it in the next season? And then, you know, be available like to go for walks after dinner. Um, we usually hop on the bikes after dinner, and that's a great opportunity to meet a lot of neighbors, especially in 2020 when it seemed like everyone was walking on the trail at one point or another. So um, being available to pause too, you know, and that's hard, especially if you got little kids underfoot. But, um, yeah, those are some of the ways we try to make sure we have some space for those things. Yeah, I really appreciate the intentionality that you both have around this area because I think it's easy to come through a text like this and think, well, if the angel of the Lord showed up in my life and told me I have to go do this, then you, I'm going to... You'd listen. I'd listen. Yeah. But, you know, in your sermon, I really appreciated that you brought in Jonah as another example. Is just because God shows up in your life and calls you to do something, it doesn't mean I'm going to be responsive. Right. And in fact, I could go just the other way. And so being intentional to carve out space and being willing to be ready and being in step with the Spirit so when he does call, you don't pull a Jonah and head the other way. So here's a question. How, how do you make yourself ready? 
I mean, how is it that we would prepare ourselves to be ready to answer some questions like Philip did, to be ready to go from any text in the Bible and get to Jesus or their question and get to Jesus? I was really impressed with Philip's ability just to say, do you know what you're reading? And then he hears the text that he's reading and says, oh, let me tell you how that connects directly with Jesus. So how do you, how do you prepare yourself to be ready for those moments? Well, one of the first things is similar to what we just said is you're thinking your day's your day. And I think the mindset is, okay, God, where are you working today? Are you going to do something today? I've got my plans, but is there anything that you want to do through me in the life of somebody else? Help me see it. That's, you know, it's sort of a fundamental starting point, but not one we usually have because we got a pretty strict agenda for what we we're all wanting to get stuff done. So having your mind open to what the Lord might bring your way. And then, you know, we had a good friend who used to say, take natural things and try to turn them into spiritual opportunities and take spiritual things and just make them feel very natural. So the more you can do that with people that you're rubbing shoulders with, maybe one of the questions we would ask is, are you rubbing shoulders with people who don't know Jesus? That's an important step of getting ready. I want to be around people who need Jesus uh, because they need him. And uh, God's plan for us might be that we would be the ones that very day. But then in a most winsome way, I, I love that when Philip ran up to the chariot, he just didn't say, hey, I have a message for you. You know, I want to tell you what I want to tell you. He did an interrogative opening. Tell me, do you understand what you're reading? And it was very, I take it as being very winsome. Um, how's it going? And I think being able to ask those kind of questions that might open a door is just the natural way to turn a conversation into something a little bit more spiritually significant. So some of those questions would be, you know, obviously in our time, how are you holding up under this COVID pressure? Or what's your biggest fear right now? Or what are this, what's the thing you're really grappling with? How has your life changed? You know, there's any number of ways to open up an entree to people. Yeah. I think one of the greatest things possibly the church can do in these days is listen to people. You know, we're not known for listening. We're known, you know, nationally for shouting right now, but listening to individuals, like really, truly practicing that gift, it would, is a really great doorway into those spiritual conversations. Absolutely. Listening like you don't have to give every answer you have the first time you have a spiritual conversation with somebody. Yeah. You're going to be opening up, um, you know, what's called a relationship over time that you'd be able to share more. Uh, and you just have to have a little perception about um, how, how far can I go right now with this person? What, or, or can you see their eyes glaze over and say, okay, I'm talking past them. Let me slow down and listen a little bit more. Yeah, there's a gentleman named Greg Kokel. He's an author, a Christian apologist, and he writes a book called Tactics that I really appreciate. And, and one of the main tactics he talks about is not showing up with your preaching agenda, but showing up being a question asker. And I just love that Philip starts with a question and meets the person right where they are and begins to inquire of what they're reading. And I, I would agree that you know, being a good question asker is a good tactic to sharing the gospel. Um, I know just for me personally, over this last summer, we were traveling, camping, doing different things, and uh, there was an episode at the airport where I was flying back from California, and I was going to fly back uh, to Colorado, do some work, and then go pick up the family. 
um, just about a week later. And I got back and realized that I had left my keys in my backpack in California. So I had to take an Uber to the house. It was like 11.30 p.m. And then I was going to take an Uber back out to DIA and get my car. And I thought, oh, this is going to be such an inconvenience. But what was cool was I got in the car and asked some of those questions. Hey, how, how are you doing? How are you doing with this mask wearing? What's it like being an Uber driver? Um, how's your family doing? And both conversations led at, that, at the end of our ride to praying that they would come to know Jesus Christ and hearing their faith journey and where they'd been with Jesus. Um, some, some, one of the gentlemen that I was riding with just said, okay, you've actually presented Jesus in a way I've never heard before. I'm going to have to give some more thought to this Christian faith. That's awesome. And so it's just this natural to spiritual, spiritual to natural conversations around question asking. Mm-hmm. So what ways would you build a reservoir of knowledge um, in that time being prepared so that you would have more ability to share some answers to questions that are being asked? Well, you got to know what the gospel is, be able to quickly, clearly articulate what did Jesus do for us and why is it important? Um, many people live their life, they're not thinking about Jesus, they're not thinking about why they need him. And uh, so having the reservoir of scripture about the basic content of grace, um, the mercy of God, the gift of Christ, having scriptures not only sort of in your head and in your Bible, but they're a little bit in your heart where you could they really flow from you that God so loved the world. And, and uh, having the scriptures deeply rooted in your own heart is a way they sort of flow naturally. Do you think someone who views Sunday morning as we've seen it, as if you've known it throughout history, to come to Sunday, hear a message 25 to 35 minutes long as their main diet of the scriptures is building a necessary reservoir? Or would you encourage them to be doing some other things? Yeah, no, one of the things we always say at Calvary is, um, you know, think of the Sunday morning message as whatever, maybe dessert. Yeah, dessert. But, but really, you're, you're eating regularly, eating the book and finding your own. You have to be a sort of a self-feeder, nourishing your own soul in the things of God. Uh, and frankly, you, you retain more and it becomes more naturally um, out, coming out of you in conversation when you discover it yourself. When I was in Bible college, we, we read a book called The Joy of Discovery. And it's like when you research the scriptures yourself and you find, wow, this is a, a message of God. I, God really spoke to me. Well, you're going to retain that and likely share that much more easily than you're going to take one of the pastor's points and share that uh, to somebody else. Yeah. You, you've learned it. So, Tom, this... Let us peek behind the curtain a little bit and like how how do you do that on a daily basis, a weekly basis in your own faith and own practices? Well, so I'm 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 often studying to prepare, but I'm reading to prepare my study. So I'm if I'm in Acts, for example, right now, then I'm looking at certain texts and they're taking me to other places where I'm being nourished on a regular diet of the scripture reading, wherever that might be. If it's uh, going through the book of Acts, then it's going over, okay, well, Paul visited this city, Philippi. You know, I'm going to run through Philippians in my own preparation. Um, and it it really is, the more systematic it can be that you're working your way through the scriptures, the better you're going to build the reservoir. 
uh, rather than sort of a open up my Bible, let it fall open and start reading there. If I'm systematic and I understand how this book fits into the rest of the Bible story, it will help build my reservoir of knowledge. And then when I'm in the moment, what, what do I need? Um, you know, I, I've got something in the bank. Peter said, uh, be ready for anyone. We're talking about asking questions of others, but very often people ask us questions. And Peter said, be ready to make a defense for anyone who asks about the hope that's in you. And that's just another admonition to say, okay, so, so get some stuff in storage. When they ask a question, you, you've got a little something in there. Yeah, that's intentionality. I feel like is the theme of today's podcast, being intentional with your time, your study, your life in a way that produces a lot of great gospel fruit throughout it. And so, you know, what is some ways to be intentional, Thomas, that you would recommend um, someone listening today? Yeah, I, I think there's an important place for a devotional life in which we are opening up our Bibles, you know, capturing a couple verses here and there to really encourage us before we step into the day. There's also a really important important part of the study of God's Word, and I really appreciate um, you know, how you do that every week, Tom. And for the average person who maybe is not prepping a message, it's still important for each of us to say, okay, how do we open up God's Word and more systematically study it? One of the most practical ways that I've found to do this in my own life is start answering the questions that I have. That if I'm interested in a topic, I'm far more interested in the answer to it. And so if there are questions that you have about the Christian faith, are you being intentional to go find out and seek out some of those answers. Because I think some of the questions that people are asking of us, we are also asking of ourselves. And so are we taking the time to go answer some of the questions that we're asking? And then when people do ask us questions about the faith, whether that be apologetic type questions or just simply how the Bible's structured or why the Bible came to be, um, do I go seek out answers for them and try to build a reservoir of investigation so that the next person who asks me that question that I'd be able to give a better answer for. And so I'm trying to always build on the questions that I'm asking, trying to give a deeper study to them, make them a little bit more robust. But that's where I've started um, in my study, just trying to say, okay, what questions am I currently asking? What questions have people asked me? And not just leave it there, but go try to figure out some of those really good answers. Because to be honest, once I started that opening that world, I started seeing a robust intellectual faith that has really, really good answers for some great questions. Right. From time to time, you we visit people's homes, and I always go to the bookshelf, obviously, and I usually can tell what questions they have wrestled with based upon the books that are on their bookshelf, what type of material they're reading through. And it's amazing that when you go to a mature believer's house, someone you think that you know is a great leader at Calvary, has taught many Bible studies or many life groups or anything like that, you, you see that they have built a, a resource shelf somewhere in their house, a material to get them through their own questions in those seasons. Is that why I saw the Twilight series at your house? Yes, that's why. The, were, you, were you asking questions? The about Left vampires? Behind series at my house, yes. And the, you know, the Bowler Campus has a pretty robust library. I know right. that you use that. Yeah, definitely. And um, many people at Calvary use the Erie and Boulder Library. From time to time and we're always you know pastoral staff is always willing to say give recommendations of what we read based upon a topic someone's interested in sure so those are you know self-feeding is really important in the christian life yeah let me illustrate um i have a friend I, i've never studied this way but what he's doing he's making his way through a book and um he takes his time 
And he goes to one chapter and he reads it every day for a week, one chapter at a time. He's in Numbers 33 right now. And I said, what's it like to, to read? You know, that's not a style I do, but he, he will read it. And said by day seven, reading chapter 33 of Numbers, I, I've got a lot dialed in. And um, that's one way to do it. But if you want to look, uh, just a simple way is just have a little notebook open when I preach, I usually write the text out by my hand that I'm going to preach from. And one of the things it does for me is it makes me be sort of like a, an old scribe. You know, you're, you're looking exactly at the word, writing it out word for word. It takes longer to get through it. But when you write it, you're seeing it, you're speaking it, you're hearing it, and tactically, you're, you're writing it with your hand. And it just forges a little bit of memorization. But if, if you don't want to write the text out, you just get a notebook and ask two questions. You know, what, what does the text mean and how does it apply to my life? And if you just took a little section, a, a paragraph, and you're making your way through one of the Bible books in the New Testament, you could have a really cool little notebook of what it means and how it applies to my life. And obviously, God's Holy Spirit is speaking to us when we read it. We, we think the Word of God is living and active. So when you open it up, uh, God's Spirit's speaking to you, which is another thing you need to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks. Yeah. This is a good conversation around this. So one of the things that the home group team uh, foresaw in our you know, church at home season were some of these discussion questions. So that was geared towards a deeper study, deeper conversation around the weekend message. How do those work, Jay? How does the home group leader use those? to help us kind of do a deeper study of God's word. Yeah, every week, basically, we either watch or, you know, listen to the message before the weekend, and the home groups team has developed a discussion guide. So it's the regular Sunday questions or weekend questions at this point, and we sort of elaborate in red ink of, like, what the leader needs to know to help prepare them. And then also a podcast called... Um, Wait, home- you use red letter edition for the leaders? We do. Yeah, this, <laughs> they're not gospel words, but they're, you know, they're they're good enough. Jay's words in red. Oh, uh, Perry Marshall's words uh, in okay. red. If he's a heret, he's, he's the heretic, then it's him. But um, then we man, go to... you just threw Perry under the bus, I, I totally did. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Home Group Heads Up is a podcast that Calvary's developed as well to give the leaders a chance to hear a discussion. So like last week, we got to the eunuch. You know, that's a really... Most people... Uh, we assume most people know, but most people don't know what a eunuch is or why they became a eunuch or what was the purpose. Why was that a good identification factor um, in the Gospels? And so uh, we talked about that and talked about some of the questions people will have around Acts 8. So home group heads up, podcast. All right. So when we, we think about where we're going this next week, we're going from Acts chapter 8, we're going to pass over Acts chapter 9, which we taught on earlier in the spring. Mm-hmm. We're going to Acts chapter 10. There's a similar theme, which I think you know Luke, the author of Acts, is doing to kind of make sure that we don't miss it, where Peter's now going to take the gospel across the tracks again to a man named Cornelius, um, a centurion in the kind of the policing of Judea. What are some things that we should have in our head as we look forward to this weekend? Well, I would just suggest that you you read through chapter 10 and realize that this is the 
fulfillment of Acts 1-8, go to the ends of the world, um, that the gospel is for everyone, and there is an underlying prejudice that is in the heart of Peter that God has to deal with. And chapter eight or chapter 10 shows God working in Peter to say what I've made clean, it's clean. And you don't have to worry about it. You should embrace it and receive it. And so God's work preparing Peter is really unfolded there. And it may be the kind of deep work that has to happen in some of our hearts when we come to this very same theme of um, looking at people with a sense of prejudice or a sense of tension racially and saying that is not reflective of Jesus' love for all the world. So it's a really contemporary and sort of crucial picture of what God wants to do through the unfolding of the church to all peoples. I think this is why I love Calvary's commitment to teach through the scriptures is you run into God's word every single week that God has already planned for you to walk through that will address certain issues in our world today. And you don't have to go figure it out. You don't have to go do topical studies and try to tell people how to behave and to think. You just open up God's word and teach through it and say, God, what would you have for us today? How do you want us to know you more? How do you want us to grow? What things do you want to surface in us that are bent or wrong, as he does with Peter this week? to correct and say, this is what the kingdom of God looks like, the diverse family of God that is the body of Christ. Yeah, and sometimes those texts are a little messy in the the culture we live in. And sometimes we have to wrestle with those tensions that the scriptures bring out in our everyday life. All right, so the big things from today, I think just connecting what happened over the weekend to our real life lived is we should wake up and anticipate that it's the Lord's day, it's not our own. We should have made preparations to have margin in our life so that we are able to ask better questions, to engage with people, starting with where they're at and helping them to connect with Jesus. That we ought to think that God is already preparing somebody to meet with us for our roads to intersect. And we want to be prepared as best as possible, having found some answers for the questions that we're already asking ourselves or the questions that others have asked us so that we would have a deep reservoir to be able to meet people where they are and take them to the Lord. Yeah. It's Tom, it's so good to be with you today. So thankful for you and your ministry here at Calvary. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me in. Yeah, of course. Hey, to leave you today, just a little uh, benediction here. It comes out of 1 John 4, 16. So no matter where you're listening to this today, in the car, as you cook dinner, as you uh, try to go to sleep tonight, and we're trying to put you to sleep in podcasting voice world, um, I want to encourage you with this. 1 John 4, 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love of God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. May the Lord keep you and bless you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great week, Calvary.